You are listening to episode 118 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. And on this episode, we're not going to talk about fixed things like the CFL. We're going to talk about legitimate sports like professional wrestling and possibly miscellaneous other crap. All that and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. It's Carlos who watched zero seconds of that Grey Cup, and neither did 22% of Canadians compared to the previous episode. And that's Devade. Indeed. Indeed. That was a thumbs up for those people who are listening on podcast audio only. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. It's okay. Uh, those are comprised of the people that tuned off the CFL. Anyway, um, and maybe, maybe the Toronto Argonauts will join the XFL per CFL forums because I may have scanned them with schadenfreude in mind. Just saying. Ooh. Just throwing it out there. Anyway, so I uh, got a quick story for you. All right, um, let's hear I, it. I was having a little bit of fun because, of course, this is the tis the season when I look and uh, evaluate different things. But one of the things I was looking at is I thought to myself, okay, so these days I'm still going to watch my baseball. We'll see what happens. Obviously, they may have their labor shortage, uh, their labor stoppage right now still going on. But obviously, we've still got a lot of time between now and when that matters. At the moment, it doesn't. Um, you know, good news, everybody. Mike Trout has missed no additional games in the 2022 season so far. There's still time, but no game so far. Um, but the point is that I wanted to see, because I, I'm not really watching a lot of hockey, I'll be honest, still not. Um, I thought, you know, maybe I'll get into it a little bit during the holidays. Nah, not really. I am watching the the football games, but uh, since we're in December, I turned off the zone. Uh, because as it turns out, I've been watching a lot of red zone, to be honest with you. And I've got that on the TSN app. So, uh, like, to be honest, I, if I can get red zone, then I flip between. And if the Packers happen to have a primetime game, I can watch it anyway, so that's fine. Um, so for the most part, I'm covered. Um, it wasn't worth paying the extra month because usually I shut it down right around December anyway, because in January it's pointless. So I shut it off before that. But one of the things I was doing was, uh, I was talking a couple of weeks ago on my live stream on the YouTube channel and we were talking about, we were having a little bit of fun. And I also joined on somebody else's live stream and we were talking about a variety of different things. And I mentioned my, you know, my classic favorite, Aussie rules football. You know, you know, I am a, I am a connoisseur of the Aussie rules football, but again, I'm very disappointed that it's very difficult. To, although TSN will air the odd game, it is very rare that I'm actually able to have a chance to catch a game. So it's one of those things where I was kicking around the idea and I did check out the schedule. And as it turns out, the new season of Aussie Rules will start in January, at the beginning of January. And I'm like, ooh, should I tune in on some Watch AFL? Hmm, very interesting, very interesting. So I might, I might have to go hard on Aussie Rules football in 2022, Dave. Real football! Like I like it. Make it kind of making a New Year's resolution before you really should. No, it's it's fine. Listen, this is at least a good one. Aussie rules football is awesome. You got it's like you got hitting, you got high scoring, and you got Aussie accents, dude. This is you, already yeah, it's pretty much you got everything you would ever want. Like this is really all you would ever want, and outcomes that are not predetermined. Wonderful, splendid. So that was one thing. And then the other thing, obviously, since it is a sports card uh, podcast, where we're talking about it, part of the reason it came up in the first place was that folks were asking about the uh, the likelihood of F1 continuing to be the hotness, the new hotness, because now F1 is the sizzling, scorching thing in the sports card landscape. Babe. Are you ready for F1? F1's going to yeah, take no. over the world. No, I'm not. It's going to be exciting. Don't you want to watch the Grand Prix of Monaco, Dave? The Grand Prix of Monaco. Yes, yes that one I do. Yeah. The other ones, no. But they got a Grand Prix of Miami? Miami, Dave. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? Will I watch the race? Sure. Do I need a bunch of, you know, sports cards for each of these events? No. You got to get your Lewis Hamilton, bro, or Max, whatever his name is, that actually won the thing. Yeah. It, it was very entertaining to me because uh, the reason they, a lot of folks, uh, it's always entertaining when a new sport, that isn't a new sport, really. It's existed for some time. 
um, suddenly takes, you know, the becomes the zeitgeist in the hobby. And then people retroactively try to make up excuses for it. And right now their excuse is that apparently there is like a documentary. Um, there's like a series or something. I don't remember the name of it, but like there's, this, I guess it's on Netflix or something that's talking about F1. That, okay. you know, it's like a reality thing that follows F1 and it dramatizes it. It's very similar like those, um, like that Amazon one. Uh, I talked to you about it before. You know the one I'm talking about where they follow the team? Yeah. Yeah, basically that or Hard Knocks. So it's like the F1 equivalent of Hard Knocks, whatever. Which is good because it gives you background on the, on the you know, the characters, so to speak, the drivers and kind of their families, their, their life and, you know, going on the circuit and trying to win the championship and all that. And it gives them a little bit of, it personalizes them, it humanizes them for a lot of folks so that they can at least, oh, okay, I can get behind rooting for this guy because now at least I understand him a little bit better, which I totally get. That to me though, doesn't translate to buying cards necessarily. Uh, maybe watching some F1 races, if you're into it. Um, I still can't get into that kind of motorsport thing because for me, it's like, well, your driver could be awesome, but if the tire blows out, you still lose. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you're relying as much on your crew and, and a little bit of luck with engines uh, as much as anything else you're doing skill-wise. Or the other drivers too, right? Of course. I mean, you know, somebody hits something or does a turn wrong or whatever, it could lead to a huge crash, especially in NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, and there you go. Well, that's what makes it funny though, because all these guys are like all preaching the word of uh, F1, F1, F1. And I was like, in America, wasn't NASCAR your thing? NASCAR, you guys had 100,000 people at, you know, Talladega and Daytona and all this stuff. And it's like, nobody is preaching the word of, you know, of, uh, of NASCAR cards. They exist. I haven't seen too many of them recently, but like, but F1 is more exotic, Dave. The this Grand Prix de Monaco. You can have the Grand Prix de Monaco. De Monaco, Dave, de Monaco. You're all about Monaco in this, uh, this chat, eh? It, but it rolls off the tongue, Dave. None of the other ones roll off nearly as well. It's because it's French. Yeah, pick one of the, uh, pick one of the other ones and try and try to roll it off just the way I did. Try it. I'm not going to because exactly they got Grand Prix good for them whatever um anyway so as a result of that you know secondary sport kind of thing that's where I threw in the Aussie rules because they do have by the way I've gone down the rabbit hole a YouTube rabbit hole as I'm fond of doing um I've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole of watching uh Aussie rules football uh, AFL card box breaks and I was like yes now uh, I'll close it off with this little story I, I wanted to do a little story time. I thought we'd have a little fun with this one. Um, but anyway, so I decided to go I decided to go on good old eBay and I go, oh, let me grab a couple of cards. It'll be kind of fun because I can't get the boxes or anything around here. They're pretty much all distributed in Australia. They don't really make it out unless you find somebody imported for you. Um, bottom line, so I go and I find a couple of cards that are kind of cool. I don't want to talk about them yet because I, because the, I got a little story and then I'll explain kind of what my plan is. So the story was I found these cards that I thought were kind of cool. They're very comparable to similar cards in the current sports card landscape that are extremely popular. And I was like, okay, I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to suggest that Aussie rules is going to take off the way any of these other sports were, although it should, because it's awesome. Just to be clear, it's awesome. Uh, and they do have an AFL Canada. So support that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the point is that to me, I was like, okay, this is kind of a cool way to get in on this. And I, I, I'd be happy to grab a couple of cards. So I went and placed an order with a dealer in Australia to buy a couple of these cards uh, through the eBay store, whatever. And, you know, it's kind of expensive shipping wise. The expense, the shipping was ridiculously expensive. And I don't have a context for what the value of these cards are. But I said, what the hell? For fun, for the novelty of it, for, you know, for the, you know, for the content day, for the content. Let me grab a couple of these cards and have some fun and whatever. I'll talk yeah. through them and whatever. 
So what happened is I go and order them and I pay this absorbent shipping price. And by the way, they, they activated the store so that you could ship it. So I was like, oh, great, fine, whatever. So I said, okay, well, it's going to cost me the same to the U.S. or Canada. North America is the same price. So yeah, ship it straight to me in Canada, whatever. Yeah, um, it sure. lasts three. It lasts three hours and they cancel my order. And I'm like, you Aussies are denying me. I see what's going on here. It's a conspiracy, Dave. They don't want us to have their cards. They don't want us to know, but I know. You're not going to prevent me from getting these Aussie rules cards. I'm watching you, Australia. I've been a supporter here. I am backing y'all. But it's like, we, we, we're not having this again. This is strike one, my friends. This is strike one. I better make sure I get my cards the next time. Listen, I know some people in Australia now through the live stream. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to get these cards. I'm going to get these cards, Dave. They will be mine. Oh, yes. As, as you should. Like, basically in accordance with the prophecy, Carlos. They will be mine, Dave. Oh, yes. They will be mine. Oh, yes. Now, anyway, my uh, my overarching plan is I want to grab a couple of different kinds of cards from the thing because I just think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of neat. I would love to get a box or something of some of them because some of them are uh, some of them are expensive. They definitely have some more premium brands. Uh, I wasn't too familiar, so part of the watching the box breaks is familiarizing myself with the brands. I like some of what I see. I think it looks kind of cool. I think uh, they don't take it too seriously. It looks fun. They've got some nice serial numbered cards. It's quaint because they number it in the old-fashioned way that sports cards used to. So, like, if they number it to 100, it's like 087 of 100. They don't use the slash. And I was like, I love it. Australia, bless you. You're awesome. This is great. I love it. And then just listen to the Australian box breakers. Like, Dave, I'm in. I am all in, buddy. Let's do this. (laughs) Aussie rules cards for the win. It's where it's at, man. Apparently. Yeah, listen. Screw F1. Why? Oh, no, no, no. Screw F1, period. Like, screw F1 is is just a general statement that deserves to be said either way. But uh, it's like, no, man. And it reminds me, uh, because the values are there, certainly, in that local market. But it reminds me of the fun of collecting something. They do it a little bit differently than the way they do it in North America. But conceptually, it's the same. You open the box. You've got your odds. You've got your different types of inserts. They didn't overcomplicate it. I will say I do appreciate that. Um, they didn't overcomplicate the thing. I think the way they've got it right now, serial number cards still matter. Some basic parallels still matter. If you get a, you know, an autograph, they like they appreciate it. And the I can pretty much guarantee you, I did a little bit of napkin math. The production runs are not high, like on that stuff, because obviously it's pretty much they're pretty much just catering to home market. And it was hilarious to me because they've got all the different types of these different. It's all by Select Australia. They're pretty much the manufacturer du jour over there. But they've got one series that looks like it's a collectible card game. And for whatever reason, yeah, people still collect it. Oh, and they come with their own individualized albums. So Select produces an album for the set that you can buy. Uh, not super expensive, but then you've got, you've got you know um, card slots for all the cards in the regular set. You can complete your set in an album. I'm like, that's old school. I like it. Like, dude. It's quaint. Come I enjoy on. it telling y'all I'm, I'm warning y'all ahead of time y'all get ready if i can ever figure out a way to get it out of the goddamn island continent it's coming it's it's gonna happen so anyway that's my story all right i like it i like it so anything you want to say or do you want to go into wrestling uh i hate Ticketmaster with a passion mm. go on because so i was online so now as you know because you know things so you know this that uh Sporting events have been limited to anything with over capacity of a thousand has been limited to 50% until at least the end of January, as from my understanding in Ontario. So I was trying to get tickets online today for the Canada U.S. soccer match, which I did get. 
uh, after, but it was very frustrating. A lot of the tickets were locked in a, like I had preset one presale code, but a lot of the tickets were locked in a different presale code, which was annoying. And then the most annoying thing though, was how you would, you know, like, you know how you can go to the map and it shows you all the rows and you can click on the seats mm -hmm. while doing that. And then, you know, having clicking on a seat and then clicking go and being like, these seats are gone. It's like, but I just clicked on them. Okay. Let's try that again. All right. Let's try this one and this one. Like basically it's for a popular event. You either have to just say, I just give me whatever or know exactly where you want right away and, and have it be there because otherwise pff, forget it. It was a very frustrating experience. Mm. I see. You know what would make you feel better? Um, smashing a computer over the head of the CEO of Ticketmaster? Well, that or uh, some Aussie Rules football cards. Dude, gotta, 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 Rules, gotta do the pump. I'd rather just watch Aussie Rules football. I don't need the cards, Carlos. Unless I don't know, man. Hard game. Some, some of them are pretty good. Like, I, I, I gotta tell you. Well, I'll, I'll show you later. Some of them are actually pretty good. I've, I, I've, I've, been, I've been pleasantly surprised. I have been pleasantly right, surprised. Noted. I gotta get I gotta get some of the Aussies to properly educate me on the different tiers and everything. Give me a little more context. But I'll say I have appreciated what I have seen. I have appreciated what I've seen so far. All right. It'll get me all pumped and jacked for the 2022 AFL season. Yes. That's right. right. So let's talk some wrestling. Did Jeff Hardy purposely leave WWE or did they really kick him out? I mean they kicked him out, but was mm -hmm. it was it his fault or did he do it on purpose or is it a little bit of both? Yes. All right, cool. Next off. Yeah, well, the, the thing is that, like, he has a track record that kind of got him to a position where he already had multiple strikes on. But knowing that you can leverage that. Um, I sent you the clip uh, where he was on Matt Hardy's page where Matt Hardy was doing kind of, you know, a fun Matt Hardy thing. He's doing the big money mad kind of goofy, th goofy thing with Matt Facts, you know, calling on all his different personas. And there was, you know, Brother Nero in the flesh, you know, joining in, uh, listening to the song Release Me. Completely unrelated. Uh, in no way is a tongue-in-cheek reference of anything in particular. Don't read between the lines. That means nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the guys know what they're doing with a lot of stuff. Um, Matt knows his brother's issues enough where if he was concerned about that thing, he doesn't get in that promo. That's all I'll throw in there. I know that Matt knows enough about Jeff's history where if he's not ready to be there and do that, he's not in that promo. And he's not hanging around the kids or whatever. He, he's helping him whatever other way he feels is appropriate. He's not inviting him over to the house to hang out and do this little clip. All right. So do you think he's going to wind up in AEW then? Perhaps in eventually. Perhaps eventually. Or whatever. Perhaps eventually. Now, here's, the here, here's what I'll throw at you because I can segue out of this a little bit. Perfect. Because the reality is maybe. We, we don't know. We, nothing is for sure. No. Although um, he has said, uh, and I think it came out maybe a week before he got released. Mm -hmm. that the one thing he would still like to do in wrestling is reunite with his brother. Yeah. And the thing is, there's a lot of stories they can do still if they want to, because now it's a new company. They've got their own tag team championships. They could have one more tag team title run in another company and rack up one more championship. And that could be the story. And then obviously then they hand it off to whatever other young team they want to do, whatever that is. It could be like the acclaimed. It could be, there's a lot of tag teams they could throw in there. 2.0 with the help of Daniel Garcia, like they could have their moment. They could have their opportunity. There's a bunch of heel teams you could throw out there. FDR could come in and ruin the party. That's kind of the thing that they would do. Like that's really up their alley. Like that's perfect for them. For sure. So like there's plenty that, that uh, AEW's tag team division is strong. They're stacked. They've got so many teams that they could work with and do a lot of interesting stuff with. It'd be a lot of fun. So from that perspective, it'd be an opportunity. 
Now, segueing out, let's do a little piece of news that is a little different. Um, Kevin Owens, formerly Kevin Steen, Mm -hmm. was rumored to be upcoming on a... Who was not allowed to make, we think, uh, a tribute video for the Ring of Honor final battle. Yeah, but he was coming up on the end of his contract. And the report is that he has re-signed with WWE. Correct. Now, um, I'm going to give some context to this, but initially, on that first read, based on that concept, do you have any thoughts? Uh, not really. Either. I mean, if he got a good deal, then good for him. Uh, I got no issues with him resigning with WWE if he's happy, mm-hmm. and he's you know one of the people who I don't think is totally screwed over by storylines or all that jazz. So if you know, obviously, he felt it was good to go back. So good for him i'd agree and i'll add a little more to that so right now the prevailing rumor is potentially as much as two to three million per year yeah, which, which will do solid salary which will do you know that's you know that's like half of what i make but that's it's it's not bad but, you, but he's not carlos yeah it's true like but good for him good for him i appreciate that what was fun for me was watching the reaction was that the it was funny as the we fans were the ones that were reacting to strong oh the aw fans must be so mad it's like ah, not really no. um so, you know so what? Me... I think you have to, as an AEW fan, and, and here's the thing, because I actually made this, I made a point about, are you a fan of wrestling? Wait, you, you made a point. Go on. Well, this was on the on the 80s wrestling podcast. Whoa! Was that on the Rick Root episode? It was. Whoa! I didn't listen to it, but I but I, I knew it was a Rick Root episode. So, so uh, yeah, I also ended up singing on that podcast. I'm not going to give it any more content. Oh, I'm definitely not listening to it now. We don't need any more of that shit in our lives. We're good. I'm good. It's fine. But, uh, one of the things I said was in, in context of Rick Rude and, and other things, but I said, basically was, are you, is that, are you a fan of wrestling? Are you a fan of a particular promotion? Right. Sure. So for me, I like to think that I'm a fan of professional wrestling, right? My favorite promotion out there right now is AW, but I will still occasionally watch WWE and not a lot, but a little, and I follow what's going on. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't watch, anything else but if something like on a regular basis but if i hear about something you know or hey check out this i i might watch a ring of honor match not now but i would have uh you know or or some other promotion too right if if something's out there and it's interesting it's getting some buzz because i listed a busted open then for sure right because i like professional wrestling uh and and the thing here is you know i'm a fan of that so like if owens is going to his thing great but I think as a fan of one particular promotion, in this case, AEW, you have to be careful because you don't just want to be seen as like, you know, the roster of WWE rejects. Mm-hmm. Now, right? uh, you're bringing up two interesting things. So let me let me touch on both because there's a good there's a good segue here out of this. And I like I like where you went because it allows me to kind of play in two different spots here. See, sometimes, we're you know, we have that connection. The, the, you you know. had a moment. You had a moment. Now, now here's the thing. Um, real quick. First thing. Um, I understand the narrative, but it's not possible to create a promotion of WWE rejects because if by that definition, WWE is currently comprised of ROH rejects, of rejects of basically every other indie promotion in the world. Well, fair, uh, fair enough. Because I, the reality is WWE built itself in the 80s going to the territories and taking their talent. So the junkyard dog was a champion in his territory. He was a indie territory reject in the 1980s with hulk hogan was an awa reject the macho man was you know at, you know the poffle families had their own promotion he was a reject from there all these other companies were there in 1991 rick flair came over he was an nwa reject 
Like it doesn't work. Like if I said that to you, people would be like, "That's absurd." What are you talking well, about? Fair enough. But, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like you want to. Ha- I mean, you want to have people coming from other places other than just well, they were in WWE and now they're in AEW. Yeah, but the to, the problem is WWE signed it for a little here. while. WWE signed everybody and their brother. Well, that's true too. so at the end of the day it's like i gotta get the pool of ta- just so other people couldn't yeah i gotta get the pool of talent where the pool of talent is the fact that they came from wwe and you and you had them sitting in catering well the wwe thing didn't really help the situation did it like it doesn't matter that they were in wwe it's like look if you're under contract i can't sign you true when but you're out of contract it matters to some degree i agree but that's the thing like wwe did that to everybody else and i have to kind of reverse the narrative a little bit guys if WWE hadn't signed everybody and their brother, this wouldn't be an issue. They would have been able to sign them from Ring of Honor, New Japan, all these other places. But WWE said, oh, here's some money. Oh, great. Sounds good. What am I going to do? Sit in catering. And they just kept doing that over and over again after a while. And then people are like, wait, so you, you, you paid me this money and I'm not going to do anything? And he goes, I'm kind of good at professional wrestling. It's like, ah, don't worry about that. We don't do that here. <laughs> so it's like, so basically... WWE base by by that definition what you're saying is WWE put a stink on everybody in the wrestling business because everybody's in the you think if Roman Reigns contract came up that people would be like oh he's a WWE reject really really not so much well they, they, they might not use that word but I, I yeah I, I, but it, but, but, the, but try, it would be I mean? no different he but is literally a, a WWE product he is even more purely a WWE product than anybody else but I think it's it's the yeah, it's the the people the detractors, if you will, Agreed. of AEW, right? Agreed. Oh, yeah. you weren't any good until you started getting more WWE, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Any promotion that starts up right now is going to have WWE rejects, just out of necessity by sheer volume. Like it's not possible to b- build a promotion that you get people that have never been tainted by WWE's presence. No, for sure. And I and the other thing I was saying too, actions, but it's 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 sometimes it's nice to see somebody in a different promotion. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see. Are they going to do something different? Are they going to be the same person, or are they are they going to ha- have a new aspect to it? Mm-hmm. Right? What are they going to do do with it? Yeah. Right? Are they going to come in with a different gimmick, or or whatnot? And, or hey, even if they come in with the same exact same thing, same name, same gimmick, everything, same music. Well, now they're wrestling against people that they haven't wrestled against before, and yeah. at least there's some intrigue with that as well. Yeah. And the thing is, we've seen it already. And I'll get into the Dynamite show because I thought it was a good show and I want to touch on it in a second. But uh, I'll close off this thought. We've already seen it in AEW because it's really hard for somebody who was watching only WWE stuff for me to explain to you that Brian Danielson is not Daniel Bryan. They're, they're two very different characters stylistically in the presentation. The only thing that is similar is they look the same and they wear similar gear. Brian Danielson operates in a very different way, character-wise, stylistically, wrestling, aggression in the ring-wise. The type of offense he uses, like it's very, very different style. It's the same guy. He had this style all along, but in AEW, the presentation, it makes more sense for him to go in a completely different direction. He goes, nope, I'm going to be the American dragon, Brian Danielson, who's kind of an asshole. And it's very different. Yeah, and and it's very different than his heel work in WWE. Which is almost cartoonish. Yeah, and you because, don't have the yes chance either. I mean, some people still do them. Yeah, but, but he plays it up. But he plays it beautifully. He's got that ridiculous smirk on his face. And like I said, we'll get to the dynamite. But he uses to perfection during that during that match that we'll talk about in a moment. The point is, you can take the same person who everybody knows is the same guy, and present them complete. 
Miro is not Rusev. Yeah. I think personally, I have to say it, Miro is better than Rusev. In oh, infinitely every, better. Every, not even close. Way. He's fighting against God. <laughs> He's way I, better. I was though. I was like, where's the Miro promo? I need another Miro promo. That's true. We, we did need a Miro promo on this one. Uh, but they were they were kind of full. They had a lot going on. The, the point is like, but he's feuding with God, Dave. He's feuding with God. Rusev uh, lost to John Cena. Miro might have a fighting chance against God. Exactly. Very That's different. Why I love it. Very different. <laughs> Completely different. But, yeah. uh, but so, Miro, in, yeah, like leaps and bounds better. Yeah, like you're getting the best version because he's allowed to do certain things. And I'm, and I'm enjoying it and I'm appreciating it. It's really good. So real quick, let's get into one more thing I want to say about the Kevin Owens thing, and then we'll roll okay. into Dynamite, okay? For sure. So uh, the key about this is that I think this is good for two groups. I think this is great for Kevin Owens. Uh, the money sounds like it was really good. It sounds like they really appreciated his work. It sounds like it was a good deal for his family and all this good stuff. So as long as that's the case, I'm happy for him. Hopefully, for his sake, he did get some concessions. And by concessions, I mean a no-cut contract or a higher downside guarantee. Because I don't care if they offered him $50 million a year, if they cut him in two weeks, you don't get the money. So you got to make sure that you took care of, you know, the situation so that if the worst case scenario happens, Nick Khan comes by and gets bored and decides to cut some more people, you still secure the bag, so to speak, as the kids would say. So hopefully they were able to do that. Now, if that is so, if he was able to do that, well, then it's good for one other group. And it's not going to be what people think. It's good for AEW. What? What? Yes. Here's why. They can't sign everybody. Here's the truth. Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen is a fantastic professional wrestler and a brilliant promo. In WWE, he hasn't been treated horribly, but in reality, he's just kind of a dude. He's just kind of there. He's had some success, no doubt, but they've never fully capitalized on his abilities. Maybe now they will, now that they're financially invested. Hopefully that's the case. But if they don't, and he just kind of hangs around, he has a title match, and then he moves on to the mid card again, you're paying him $2 million to be in the mid card. Okay. You're basically the Miz. The Miz makes a million dollars plus a year and nobody thinks he's anything. He was a world champion, by the way, not that long ago, but nobody remembers. Nobody cared. He's just a dude. The Miz doesn't work anywhere else, but WB, even though they pay him a million dollars a year. That's weird. WB can afford to do that. Now, the, re the other reason I say is that in AEW, Kevin Owens would get kind of lost in the shuffle because it's like, okay, so where do you slot him? Do you put him with the Young Bucks and, you know, and um, Adam Cole and do like a group thing, kind of playing back a callback on their old association? You could do that. Um, do you put him with somebody else? Do you have him be a singles competitor? Um, but you've got so many, like, think about this. What we just said a moment ago. In the singles area, I've got Hangman Page's champion. I've got a Brian Danielson who's doing some of the best work of his career some of the best top tier work. I've got a CM Punk who is motivated and doing some great work. I've got MJF sitting in the background. I got a Wardlow who's a project that you may do something with. I got Brian Cage sitting in the back doing nothing who at any moment we could activate and do something with. He's done some show, he's done some matches on dark and stuff. I have got a stacked roster full of people that I could use, I could promote, I could build them up, I could get them another level higher, or maybe they're already established. I got an Eddie Kingston in a pinch for whatever. I got an Orange Cassidy if I just need a match. Like, Kevin, where am I putting Kevin Steen? Mm -hmm. Like, it's we already have people that it's like, I don't know what to do with you right now, where to put you. Now, going into the new year, there's a likelihood they may have some additional time 
on Rampage and they may turn it into a two-hour show. And then you can split the rosters up and allow certain people to be on one show per week and get, so you have enough people, you have enough roster depth now. So you're working, you're slowly working on building the roster depth. The women's division still needs a couple more pieces and they may get them soon. So Tony Khan has a lot of money. He can cut a lot of checks, but you don't need to cut every check. So in reality, if Kevin Owens got a great deal for Kevin Owens, this is great for Kevin Owens, but it's also great for AEW because it's one less thing for Tony Khan to worry about. Okay, scratch him off the list. Now I'll pay attention to some of the other opportunities. There's a guy named Brody King, who I have a little bit of familiarity with, but not too much, but he's got an association of Malachi Black. And from what I understand, he's been signed to AEW. So he may be doing a thing with the House of Black. So there's a storyline thing. So like, look, we got plenty of guys is the point I'm trying to get. And if an opportunity, and here's the other part where it could help AEW, if you think a little beyond the headline. Let's assume Kevin Owens got a tremendous deal, a lot of money. Let's assume Kevin Owens was able to get some assurances. Hopefully he did. I hope for his sake he did. That means that every guy who's on the verge of about to leave, maybe a Johnny Gargano or one of these other guys, if they want to resign him, they might have to give him Uber dollars and some assurances. So the deal gets better for the talent. Why is that good for AEW? Shouldn't they want a Gar Johnny Gargano? Of course, Johnny Gargano is a great talent. However, if I force WWE to spend more money on the guys they already have before they were even free agents, I'm costing you more money. By the way, you're in budget cutting mode. Maybe you release more wrestlers and now I get the pick of the litter. You keep releasing talented people and I keep taking them and then you have to pay double to keep the ones you have. So, if I was if I was Tony Khan, I would find a way to spread a rumor that Roman Reigns is thinking of coming to AEW. You should pay him $50 million a year, $100 million, $200 million, because I'll pay him $190 million. WWE, cut that check for Roman, $200 million a year. Let's go, bros. Yeah. But we won't have anybody left on the roster. Do it. <laughs> and then Tony Khan's cackling off in the back. Yeah. So it's actually okay if you don't get everybody. It is actually, it's not like AEW's roster, right? AEW's roster at one point, Chris Jericho was the first AEW world champion because they needed a name. They needed a known quantity. They needed somebody who was ready. Adam Hangman Page was in that first title match. He wasn't ready. It wasn't his time. Now it's his time. Perfect. Chris Jericho has not been in the title picture since. They don't no. need him anymore. It's true. Can we, so can we use that as a segue into Dynamite then? Yeah, let's do it. So, so I honestly am quite happy with the first match. So the, the match being... Brian it was a short, and, concise match. Yeah, right. I was like, I kept looking at me like, is this still going on? But I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, oh my goodness, this feels so long. It didn't, mm -hmm. even though they went an hour. But it was one of those things where I'm like, wow. The only thing that annoyed me about it was the fact that they went to so many picture-in-picture uh, -picture commercials. Yeah, I think like, that was, though, a, a timing match. issue with TV. That was a timing issue with TV, though, because if you notice, they were able to calm down on the picture-in-picture -picture commercials the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. So they True. basically had to front-load them into the bit because this match they knew was going, like it was going to keep going. So it's like you have the luxury of being able to play with it a little bit. Yeah, and, and I'm also happy that they didn't uh, have Brian Danielson win this. Mm -hmm. uh, right? I'm, I'm happy that uh, Hangman retains the championship because he hasn't won it that long ago, so I think he needs a bit of a run with it. This was his first defense. Right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and obviously if in a few weeks they do it again and then he loses it and gains it, like, I'm okay with that too, but I think right now they needed him to, you know, gain it, but then also retain it. That's mm -hmm. that's my personal opinion. Uh, and I don't have a problem with it being a draw. I, I don't think it needs to be, you know, because one of the things we've talked about on here is, you know, you don't need the Canadian Destroyer because now you potentially have a long-term storyline here, which yeah. can work, right? Yeah. And it has been going. You've seen 
you know, Brian Danielson mow through the Dark Order mm-hmm. uh, as, as on his way to getting his title match, which we knew was going to come anyway because he won that tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? So that's happened. And, and now it can go a variety of other places because neither man beat the yeah. other man. So there's a lot that could go into to that as well. So I like I like what they did. And the more I think about it, the more I'm okay with the draw. Uh, and I obviously like the fact that Hangman retains. So I'm giving an A plus to the first match on this card. Yeah. Now there's a couple of other things that kind of play into this as well. One thing to keep bear in mind is that it works from the perspective of neither man lost anything in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, for Hangman Page, though, it also establishes him as a guy who can go 60 minutes. That's really good. That's just uh, that's on your first title defense. You went 60 minutes and acquitted yourself well, and you look good, and you had opportunities. You showed toughness. You showed you showed cardio, um, the yeah. ability to keep going for that it's long. Not everybody. Not I mean, there's no way that everybody on that roster can go that long. No, and Brian Danielson is next level in his cardio because you saw he was still flying around in like minute 55, so like he can go basically all night. So like again, emphasizing that frequent like that. Yeah. But the reality, though, is it kind of reemphasizes that he is a freak athlete, but it also emphasizes that, like, WWE, you didn't even get, like, 60% of what he can do because it's like he can go out and throw a 60-minute match just, and he'll make it work, and, it, and the crowd was into it. And by the way, if you notice, they put it on first, which was smart because the crowd was the freshest. They had the most energy possible that they were going to have. It turns out they got one of the longest matches they were ever going to see. Like on TV, a 60-minute match is a hell of an ambitious move. Yeah, to not move. have it in a pay-per-view. Yeah, and they gave them a pay-per-view quality match for the for the crowd there uh, who paid their ticket. So you got full value. Now, here's the thing. You got a perfect opportunity to have a rematch. You can set something up. Also, um, I, I saw a stat that a podcast pulled up, and I'll, I'll, I'll borrow it from them. Apparently, there's only been five time limit draws in AEW's entire history of two years. So it's not like they use it every five minutes. They don't. There have been five in total. Brian Danders has been involved in two with world champions, Kenny Omega and now Adam Hangman Page. That seems like a good time to use it. If you're going to use it, bring it in with guys that are out of that caliber who can go the distance and make it good. Because if it's six minutes snooze fest, the crowd is going to die on you and it'll, yeah, and you'll sure. kill them for the rest of the show. Now, so props to both guys. Great job by them. It sets up a lot of potential opportunities. And by the way, it also sets up a story. Brand Danielson, you're one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Why is it every time you're with a world champion, you can't beat him in the time limit? Like you're right there, but you just keep missing. Also, Brian Danielson likes to showboat during it. It's like you lost time that could help you win the match. Mm-hmm. That's a story in and of itself. But the point sure. is Brian Danielson's hubris costing him opportunities against world champion caliber opponents who have had have that title at that time it's a good story to tell it's another thing you can it's another layer you can tack on brian danderson will get another opportunity at one of the champions whoever that may be at some point and he will have some gold at some point most likely but the point is right now he's putting on wrestling clinics against almost anybody he wants to anytime and there's so many good opponents they could throw him in there with who would he would do an amazing job with so kudos to them absolutely Next, next match that I want to note, the continue that the now acceleration in the in the slow brewing feud of MJF and Wardlow. <laughs> Dave, Wardlow went and killed a man. Yes, he did, and he's he, done, not the first time he's done that. And Matt Seidel is is an excellent wrestler, for the record. He's an excellent wrestler, but he killed a man, and he's playing to the crowd, Dave. 
The crowd is asking for more power bombs, and Wardlow is giving the people more power bombs, even though Sean Spears is trying to tell him not to give more power bombs. And then Sean Spears hits him with a chair and has an orgasm. He's a little weird. The point is, then he picks up his phone, and Wardlow needs to go get some drinks for MJF celebration. Much to Wardlow's absolute glee. I sense an acceleration in our breakup angle, Dave. It's good. Yeah, we, we were waiting. But here's the thing. They did it in a very good way because it was on the back burner. It's on the back burner. Dave, I think it's no longer on the back burner. It is slowly making its way to the front burner. Will he cost him? Wardlow costs MJF the match with CM Punk. It's possible. There's a lot of ways you can go with this. The point is, I like that now we're seeing the next step. We're seeing the progress. If you notice, as we're getting closer to 2022, we're getting ever cl- Certain things are now starting to shift into position. So we'll give Tony Khan his credit. There is, there's clearly, there is a plan of some sort here. And there is some movement. And I would like to see Wardlow give it a go as, as a guy here. Because he looks the part. <laughs> he's a scary looking dude. He's got, he, he's, he's a big guy. And he can throw people around and be like, the fans will get behind that if you play it right. If you play it right, you can make it go. Hopefully, in this time, he's built up the rest of his game so he can have some nice, decent matches, and we'll see from there. Like I said, imagine a Wardlow and Miro match. Something like that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. That, that's the old, uh, you know, to borrow the to borrow the phrase, that's a hoss fight. It's these two big dudes just crashing into each other. Also, we could add Miro into the mix with either of those guys, too. But that's what I mean. Like, wh- That's why I said earlier, the Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen thing. No, it's like... It sucks that he's that it's not another talented performer available, but it's like, dude, I can, how about I just give you Miro and Wardlow? It's like the Simpsons episode where the where a Major League Baseball satellite crashed down and everybody's like, oh my God, is Major League Baseball following us? They helicopter down. Mark McGuire is like, do you want to know the horrible truth or do you want me to hit some dingers? Hit some dingers! Well, in this case, it's AEW going, it's like, well, we don't have Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen. But how about I give you Miro and Wardlow? Oh my God! Hoss fight! Yeah, exactly right it's like it's it's godzilla and mecha godzilla just let them crash into each other it'd be hilarious the point is you've got matches that you can do you can ha- you can we can have our fun bring in brian cage make it a three-way house fight let's do it do it like we can do that why not screw it we can have some fun so like i said they they're they've got plenty of talent that they can certainly use so good for them uh hikaru Shida and serena deeb continued their feud i enjoyed I, the match. i quite like both of them they're excellent they do right? they do they work both. well together they you do, know, and I'm like, I would like to see. That's the only thing that I, one of the things I would like. I'd like to see maybe you start going to like two women's matches. An episode. Yeah, I think I think we can definitely scale up. I'm hoping that they can grab. You got to remember now we're going to have potentially we're going to have that second title in the new year. Yeah. So I suspect we're going to have the opportunity to maybe have a title match on, on regularly, semi regularly on the show. Uh, it doesn't just have to be Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa if she ends up becoming the one. Um, it doesn't have to be just that. It can also be the, you know, the TBS Women's Championship. That could be another title that can be defended regularly on TV. And then if you can build up another feud to go along with it, there you go. Um, so we can definitely make that, that a go. Like I said, I'm hoping that they continue to beef up the women's division because now they've got some additional talent. The former Ember Moon slash Athena, that could be a great talent you could bring in. That's another thing you could do. Um, and I believe uh, from the cuts, there was at least one other one that I had in the back of my head. I completely forgot who it was. B-Fab? No. Um, but there was another one in the round of cuts that could have been another potential good person to add to that roster. But Ember Moon slash Athena, she's very good. So and she's and she's very experienced. So it's one of those things. Like if you if you bring her in, here's another talent you can use potentially to to be able to bolster that division. It just gives you another credible challenger in the TBS or in the women's championship division. Either one. So you're good there. Um, 
a little bit more depth and all of a sudden you've got plenty of room for some feuds. So that'll be fun. But like I said, Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida basically were your secondary few outside of the title. Well, in a little while, you're going to have two women's titles and potentially a feud because I don't think they're done with each other. I think they're still mad. By the way, Serena Deeb's great. She's she's very, very, she's excellent in the ring. She's very good. And at some point, I'm hoping that at some point they, they give us a little... Uh, they give us a little straight edge society uh, reunion humor. Uh, it's possible. She did hint at it. Yeah, so. but I, but I, we gotta have one moment where she like walks by CM Punk and CM Punk is like, "You look different with hair." Go for it. Just do it. Lean into the joke. Yeah. If I could get Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko, you can give me a straight edge society joke. Come on. It was a lot more recent, so work with me on this. Yeah. Or anyway. or you know, MJF can bring it up. There you go. But anyway, the point is that, uh, so very good. Uh, solid by that. Um, just trying to remember what were the other matches. You had the, so I don't want to get to the main event one yet. Uh, that was MJF and uh, Dante Martin, which was which was good for what it was. I think it was solid. Uh, I feel like there's one in the middle that I'm forgetting now. I don't think there, was there? I'm going to look it up. I don't, I don't think there Hold was. On. Dynamite. Uh, I think the one hour match kind of completely threw me off in terms of timing. So let me go here. Dynamite. SOAW Dynamite. And let's see, what was the, so winter is coming. Um, actually, I think I know. No, what I'm uh, that was it. Uh, There's only four Warlow. matches. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Um, which, was the, which was the segment that included, um, which was the segment that included um, the blackout and then Sting and Darby Allen showed up? That was, oh, yeah. Because there was a segment where uh, Sting and Darby Allen came in. That was at the end. Okay, so that would have been yeah. So that would have been after then the uh, yeah. That would have been after the then it'd be, it's it's yeah. And then it's CM Punk FDR ran out. And then CM and, Punk and ran out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CM Punk and, and Sting and Darby Allen. Now I remember. Now I remember. Yeah, yeah. So that was the main event. Okay, fine. So let's move to the main event segment then. For some reason, I thought there was one more match in the middle, but you're totally right. No, that's true. Um, and then we'll get a continuation of the incredible, sensational. Tay Conti and Penelope Ford feud that we all wanted. Yeah, no. At least it's a submission match, so it's different, I guess. Sure. I don't I don't I don't mind either of those people. I don't mind them, but I feel like I need I need Penelope Ford to have a sustained feud that isn't just randomly roped in with the bunny. I need her to have an actual feud of a couple of matches with anybody, um, for her own reasons, and then let's just roll with it. Or if they're going to officially represent the Hardy family office, fine. Pick somebody and attack them. Let's just focus our attention on them for a little while. For sure. But right now it's like, I feel like the Tay Conti and, um, and Anna Jay versus the Bunny and uh, Penelope Ford has just gone on forever. I'm like, where's Kip Sabian? Is he healed yet? Can we move on? Jeez. Like I said, I don't mind either one of them, but we need to move on a little bit. Okay. So anywho. So um, I think good match. Um, yes, yeah. Not I think, a surprising I th- result. I think both Dante Martin and MJF are, are extremely talented. I, I only have one, one problem. Thing, hold on a second. But I think one thing AW needs to like fix or figure out or stop doing is the amount of high spots that happen where they they miss the landing. Yes. The camera guy, the camera uh, switchers need a little bit of work on the spot where they do it because there's a spot where it looks the best and then there's the one they use, which is yeah. almost always wrong. Right, which makes it look like I don't like. I mean, there was one where he I don't know if he ran, but he Dante Martin he jumps off the top rope, but he basically when he lands, he's like over like MJF supposed to catch him, right? Kind of mm-hmm. thing. 
and he's basically over like his feet are here and the head's over there well in fairness that's because dante martin jumps way too high and i don't think mj it's like trying to catch a fly ball in the wind and mjf is like how far are you going like how far back should i be am i too far am i not far enough like where am i but i think some of those things can be refined no no for sure but i do think like i said dante martin is a unique talent i want i want to give him a little bit of praise here he is a unique talent in the sense that he has ridiculous hops like absolutely ridiculous vertical he has when he like he almost floats in the air and it's it's one of those things where i can't blame mjf for being offline because he's like what am i supposed to do with this like i know you can jump far so am i far enough am i too far are you gonna it's like are you gonna land at my feet or are you gonna hit me in the head (laughs) where where are we on this on this spectrum uh so it's it's i think it's gonna take a little bit of work the only thing i didn't like about the match was that i didn't like that it ended on the arm bar it was a distraction yes but then almost immediately the arm bar and submission i would have preferred some kind of a move prior to the arm bar to set it up but it's a nitpick it's not a like a major uh, faux pas uh just for my preference to give it a little bit more uh justification because up until that point dante martin was fine and then suddenly boom tap out okay fine whatever um I did forget one other thing, actually. I did briefly mention it, but uh, did you catch the uh, Malachi Black vignette? I did. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I like that they're now leaning more into the Malachi Black lore. They're working on the whole House of Black thing. So good. I'm glad because now we can get a progression in this character. Let's move on to the next step. If he's going to have his own crew, it looks like he is. But here's something interesting, and I'll throw this at. I want to say this is JD from NY. I think mentioned it. No, 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 no. Let me correct myself. This might be Fightful that mentioned this in one of their podcasts. So I want to give them credit. Um, They were thinking about, because Malachi Black, if you ever listen to an interview of the guy, he is a deep thinker when it comes to wrestling. He's not just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff. The thing with the eye, the black mist, everything has a purpose. He very carefully thinks through a lot of this. Like he had a whole deep backstory for his, uh, for his um, uh, black character in WWE. The uh, did he did you ever hear what the backstory was supposed to be with the whole? Um, it wasn't Malachi at that time. It was Mordecai Black? Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Sorry, um, but do you know what the storyline was supposed to be with Alistair Black? What the backstory was? What Alistair Black is? Wasn't that something to do with the asylum or? That came after. That okay. came after the original idea for him. What he wanted to do with no. the whole Alistair Black. So his concept of Alistair Black was that Alistair Black was actually the devil, with amnesia who knew he did horrible things, but wasn't completely sure what it was. So that's kind of the whole backstory of the lore of the dark of the dark thing. Malachi Black is a variant of this idea of this concept with the asylum and the rest of that. Um, so it's like, so like, the point is the man builds entire lore around his character. Like he's not satisfied like, oh, this is my gimmick. Nope, no, he's got a whole lore and backstory and like, this is why he does this. This is why he dresses this way. It's all part and parcel of a bigger package. So kudos to him. Like he deep, he thinks about this stuff. So kudos to him for that. But the point is that now that we're moving the house of black thing, all of that presumably has a purpose, which is cool. Um, it's good. Now here's the theory that I heard posited about the, um, from the Fightful podcast, they're theorizing that the, um, the black mist that Malachi black does has a little bit of a malignance to it. Like it's a malignant thing in the sense that he hits somebody with the black mist, but that isn't necessarily the end of the story because almost everybody he's hit with the black mist has been a little bit different afterwards, which could lead to some very interesting storyline implications down the road because he hit good old Cody Rhodes with it. And Cody Rhodes is basically a bad guy in denial. 
Correct. Which has been kind of funny. But other people he's hit with the green miss include um, Pack, who's always on the borderline. So that could be interesting. And recently, young Julia Hart. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> what if Julia Hart was basically a cheerleader? Like she doesn't have a character per se. She's a cheerleader. Did I mention she doesn't have a character per se? Correct. Now, what if this is the beginning of a phase that she moves into darker territory? Possibly. And becomes the female member of the House of Black. Be cool. By the way, this has been this concept, concept, has been done before, not with the like spiritual, you know, quasi overtones. However, basically they did the same thing back in the day with Alexa Bliss initially in the initial in her initial run. She was basically like a sparkle princess or something in NXT. I don't know what the gimmick was supposed to be, but she threw sparkles. And then she joined, you know, Blake and Murphy and became their valet. And then she went onto the main roster and became the goddess and did all this stuff. And then she became, uh, and then she became possessed by evil. So that's the thing. Spooky, scary stuff, Carlos. Yeah, but I think, I, I suspect Malachi Black knows how to use this in a little bit of more of a controlled environment and kind of like, let's just run with it in a straightforward manner here. Just let's go with some Julia Hart corruption. Right, you are evil now. Okay. Excellent. And she'll probably roll with it because she's so green. But I think I think it would be good for her to have a character because right now she doesn't have one. Yeah, I think so too. So like anything to give her some some distinction because right now, like you can only go so far with you're a cheerleader. How far is that going to take you? Either as a valet or a wrestler. Like, this is very, very shallow depth here. If you would like to maybe, if she has any acting chops at all, this could be a wonderful opportunity to exercise some of that and bring in another element. And, oh, okay, so now Julie Hart is infinitely more interesting. You have a little bit more depth now. For sure, man. So good. And by the way, if that happens, you've effectively added another woman to the roster with a little character depth without adding a single person to the roster. Yeah. That could work. We could, we could work with that. So that's what I mean. Like, I feel like there's some opportunities. In this case, let's promote from within. If she's got any acting chops at all, we can we can potentially make it a little bit more interesting. Okay, maybe Julia Hart is a little bit more interesting going forward. Because this has been done before. And it's been done well in a lot of different companies. and different. Back in the Attitude Era, back in the day, Farouk was languishing in WWE. He was basically a, a gladiator or a Spartan or something. He had a stupid helmet. And then he became the leader of the nation domination, which was better, but it had some limits. And then he became an acolyte and said, damn, way funnier, way funnier. True. But the point is that they were able to tweak and modify and eventually find something like towards the end of his run. Like Ron Simmons was beloved as Dan. And don't forget, he also played for the Ottawa Rough Riders. Yes, that's the thing. That's the shadow for Oaks. Yeah, there you go. But the point is that at least with his run with the Acolytes, he was an ass kicker as part of a great tag team of ass kickers. Like, it, at least it gave them an identity, it gave them something to do, it made it interesting. And Ron Simmons is a tough dude, so it's not like you had to sell the idea that he's tough. We just had to put him in a position to be taken seriously. Yeah. This dude is an ass kicker. He can do it. Like, he, he is that kind of guy. So, like, show him that respect. Treat him that way. So let's see. Maybe Julia Hart has some more depth we don't even know. I love that theory, and I would love for the the Black Mist to be the corrupting influence that turns people evil. Hey, why not? It's something. It gives Malachi Black a little bit of more of a a little bit more of an influence on his surroundings. Yeah. Make things a lot more interesting. No, for sure. Recruiting I'm members all for of that. Black. I'm all for it. 
So I like that. So anyway, so that's it for the Dynamite show. I approve and I enjoyed it and I liked it. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes going forward. Great, I think that was a really good show. Yeah, very good. And I'm looking forward now. Now we're rolling along. I did find it funny that a lot of folks were disappointed they didn't get a big debut. But I was like, guys, you got a 60 minute, uh, you got a 60 minute championship match, and a lot of and a progression on some other storylines. I think it was a good show overall, a good women's match as well. Like, I think you got a solid, uh, solid set of outcome. And by the way, we still got a couple of shows before the end of the year. And then we got to start building up to the next show, the next pay-per-view. So we got Battle of the Belts, too, coming down the pipeline here, too. So, like, there's some stuff upcoming that could make things interesting. So we'll go from there. So one final thing I'll throw out there. Not wrestling-related, but kind of interesting. Uh, did you hear about the out, uh, the fallout of uh, UFC 269, I think? No. So Amanda Nunes lost. Ooh. Oh, yes. The two, the, the double champion and MMA women's GOAT, most likely, um, lost against Juliana Pena. Big upset. Uh, I think it was seven and a half or eight and a half to one underdog. Big time underdog. It turned out to be a bit of a crazy outcome. I thought about ordering it, but I was a little on the fence. Uh, I did end up watching the fight after the fact. Uh, Somehow I found it. Somewhere. The point (laughs) is that... uh, the point is that I watched the fight and uh, it was very good. Uh, it was very good. I think it's exciting though because it opens up possibilities in that division. And Amanda Nunes is still a champion in another division anyway. So like, her her it's no mark on her legacy. She's probably going to get a rematch. It could be very interesting. That will be highly anticipated. Um, and it's good. It's a little bit of a shakeup in the division. I think that's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Keeps things interesting. I do enjoy my combat sports, so it'll be kind of fun. Hopefully, I can catch a little bit more in the new year as well. That'll be one of my other things. Uh, if I can find time between, you know, uh, uh, being obsessed with Aussie rules football. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, Carlos. You got to do what you got to do. And, of course, finding a way to to get around the corruption, the conspiracy that is trying to deny me my AFL cards, Dave. It's a conspiracy. Also true. It's a conspiracy. Anyway, so I think that's good. Anything else uh, we want to talk about? I don't think so. I think I personally, I think we've done a, a pretty good job here. So if it, but let us not toot our own horns. Good, good job by us. Good job by us. Um, so we'll figure out the, we'll figure out the rest of the outcome. Obviously we're heading into the holiday season, so we may take a little bit of a break. We'll see. We'll talk offline and figure things out. Uh, outside of that, um, for those that I know, some folks have started to subscribe from my other YouTube channel, uh, brace yourselves because, uh, we got one more Friday and then, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, I am doing the live streams. Oh yes, oh yes, Dave, you should come on. But if you sing, I will. If you sing, I will ban you. Fair enough. Yeah, you should come on and say hey. And people are like, "Who's this guy?" I don't know. All right, I think we can we can work something out, Carlos. There you go. Perfect. So anyway, we'll figure stuff out. Otherwise, podcasts available. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. I think the last one I didn't put in audio. I might have forgotten. If I did, I'll get around to it eventually. But 118, I'll put up. But other than that, go watch it on the YouTube channel, for God's sake. You got to see you got to see our facial expressions. You've got to see my passion when I'm speaking of Aussie rules football. Conspiracy. It's all Indeed. conspiracy. Indeed. Other than that, hashtag in the year 2022. Remember, everybody, hashtag sponsor us. Indeed. Do it. Also, Do it yeah, now. please. Do it now. I'll take the sponsorship from Select Australia. <laughs> Maybe you can send me for fucking product. Do it. I'm. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. We're, we're, you know, we're going international. Yep. And then we promise that Dave will not sing unless it's about Ravishing Rick Rude, I guess. Fair were enough. Were you singing about Ravishing Rick Rude? No, or were we're you singing, singing Jingle Bells. 
Why? Listen to the podcast. It's it's still not even the twentieth. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> give me a good lord. I, I a moratorium until like the twenty third. Y'all need some help. Anyway, moving on. We'll catch you on episode one nineteen, whenever that is. Assuming we survive. <laughs> see see y'all in the next one.